0: As they're heading off, you can open your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 3. Uh, thank you guys so much. That is absolutely amazing. Amen. I'd love to go for an hour more, but we are in uh, the middle of a year-long series where we're trying to get through the whole Bible, calling it the Wayfinding Series. And if you... Um, are able to buy Wayfinding Bible. If you can't, let us know and we'd love to give you a Bible. And uh, we're trying from Genesis 1 to the end of the Bible to get a big picture of God's story and uh, it is cool to hear testimonies of how God is at work because what we believe is the story that we see in Scripture, the story of Jesus Christ, touches personal lives, right? But it actually does something in us and so we thank you all so much for singing of that and sharing your stories around that. I remember. when I was up in the city, living up in the cities, we uh, had a small group on Sunday nights after our service of young men in their 20s who had come, uh, become sober and found Christ in more traditional recovery systems. And I remember asking Tyler, a uh, young guy that I'd mentored for a long time, uh, what he thought of Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. And uh, Tyler's story was a pretty common story where he had been through the. Uh, Um, retreat centers two, three, four times until he finally got uh, sober. And he said, Minnesota adult and teen challenge is absolutely amazing. So when you spend 13 months intentionally going about your sobriety, it's a beautiful thing, especially because it's centered in Christ. And I think that says something to us in our spiritual journeys, right? I think we have a lot to learn from what The intentionality of what you all are going through, I think, is what all of us are called to in our spiritual journey. So, 1 Samuel chapter 3, and uh, we are in a very, very familiar story. This story you probably heard growing up, and it's the story of God speaking to Samuel. So, I want to start with this question, and for some of you, it'll be uncomfortable. For some of you, you, you will love it. Does God still speak to us today? Does God still speak to us today? And for a lot of us, it's an easy yes, right? For some of you, you believe it, you know it, you've heard it, you've had the experience of God speaking to you. For others of you, when you hear about God speaking, you start to get a little nervous, right? Uh, This is mystical, God doesn't still speak, that's weird, I've seen weird Christians, what are they doing? Yet God doesn't speak today. And for some of us, that's the other side of the response of, what do we do with a living God, and does he speak, and is it audible, and how does it happen? But think about Scripture. He conversed with Adam in the garden. Actually talked with him. Told Noah to build an ark. I don't know about you, but as we've been going through some of these Old Testament stories, often I think, can't God just sort of speak to me through a burning bush and tell me exactly what to do tomorrow? It'd be nice. But he spoke again and again. He spoke to Moses in the burning bush. He promised Abraham that he'd have a son. He spoke to Paul on the road to Damascus. And our wrestling, I think for many of us, is does God still speak and how do I make room? How do I listen? How can I be fully present when God does actually speak? Because if we go to the beginning of the story, Genesis 1-3, through 3, God spoke things into existence. The original intent of the garden was God walking with his creation and actually talking to them, having conversation with them. And I would dare say that probably everybody in this room, if we are 100% honest, we want to talk to God, right? It's probably why some of you came here this morning, maybe you've been away from church for a long time, we're heading into a new year and you're thinking, "I, I sort of want to hear from this living God. What would that look like? We're going to read down through 1 Samuel chapter 3. And let me give you a little background real quickly. 1 Samuel 1, Hannah, Samuel's mom, had been praying very long and very hard for a child. Finally gets a child, had promised to give him back to God, gave him back to God. He's working in the temple for Eli. Eli is the chief priest, but it's at a time when Israel is not doing well. Politically, spiritually, they're in terrible shape. Judges 21 says that they had no king, and everybody did what was right. In their own eyes. Chapter 2 is telling what that is looking like. Especially even for the religious leaders, Eli and his sons, who are leading in very, very poor ways. Samuel is a key prophet in Israel's history. He ends up anointing Saul and David. But here we come, 1 Samuel 3, verse 1. We're going to fly down through it real quickly. Verse 1. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. So there's this idea that that's not how it always was. That there was a time where God spoke and God revealed himself to his people. Verse 2, one night Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli, here I am, did you call me? I can picture my Sunday school class and hearing this story, this is one of those very common ones, and Eli says, I didn't call you, go back to bed, so he did. Then Samuel called out again, then the Lord called out again, Samuel, again Samuel got up and went to Eli, here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said, go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli, here I am. And you can imagine probably a sense of frustration at this point. Here I am, stop waking me. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. Verse 10, And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Let's fly through the rest of it. But he has this interaction where he finally hears the voice of God, which is our question, does God still speak? And maybe even would God speak in this way? But when God speaks, now we're not going to have enough time to deal with this. Do we obey? And here's what Samuel does. He hears God, and here's what it looks like. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do a shocking thing in Israel. Samuel's like, oh no, the first time I hear from God, and now here's what I'm going to hear. I'm going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. Remember, they are leading Israel in very, very poor ways. This is just not an angry God trying to be upset. He had given them chances. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. So I have vowed that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifices or offering. Samuel stayed in bed until morning. You can imagine what that night you hear from God, and that's what you hear from God. Then he got up and opened the doors of the tabernacle as usual. He was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord had said to him, but Eli called out to him, Samuel, my son, here I am. Samuel replied, what did the Lord say to you? Tell me everything. And may God strike you and even kill you if you hide anything from me. By the way, new way to get people to tell you everything you want to hear, right? (laughs) Tell me that secret or God's going to kill you. Absolutely amazing. And then verse 18. Samuel's a young man, so Samuel told Eli everything. Didn't hold anything back. It's the Lord's will, Eli replied. Let him do what he thinks best. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him, and everything Samuel said proved to be reliable. And all Israel, from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south, knew that Samuel was confirmed as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh and gave messages to Samuel there at the tabernacle. God spoke to Samuel, and our question is, in a very, very practical way, does God still speak today? Does God still talk to us in that way or in other ways? Can we hear the voice of God today? A.W. Tozer, in The Pursuit of God, a very famous Christian book, says this. He quotes John 1.1. He says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And Tozer says, An intelligent, plain man, untaught in the truths of Christianity, coming upon this text, would likely conclude that John meant to teach that it is the nature of God to speak. To communicate his thoughts to others. And he would be right. A word is a medium by which thoughts are expressed. And the application of the term to the eternal Son leads us to believe that self expression is inherent in the Godhead. That God is forever seeking to speak himself out to creation. The whole Bible supports this idea God is speaking. Not God spoke, but God is speaking. He is, by his nature, continuously articulate. He fills the world with his speaking voice. And I would affirm and echo that, that I think the narrative of Scripture and the intent of the heart of God is actually to speak to us, for us to hear him. And I think verse 10 of 1 Samuel 3 gives us an insight into how we begin to be present That Samuel, on this journey, had to get to the place where he could hear the voice of God. It's very important that we understand that's the same thing that happened in Genesis 22 with Abraham. This sort of here-am-I moment. That we're going through life, we're doing the norm of life, and suddenly God speaks to us. How does it look to be fully present? Jacob had this happen in Genesis 46. We read the text in Exodus 3, probably a month or two ago, where Moses had this interaction with God. Isaiah has it. Ananias in Acts 10. It's again and again and again. When people are able to be fully present to God, often God speaks in special ways to us. And so in closing, let me just give you some very, very, especially as we head into this next year. This is that time of year where probably many of us are thinking, do I make my list of New Year's resolutions or not, right? Because often we're disappointed at the end. But do, you know, what are the things I do as I head into the new year? And I think one of the things that would be absolutely, absolutely smart for all of us would to intentionally say, I want to create the space. I want to be the type of person who lives such a life that maybe God would actually speak to me, that God would reveal something to me. Some practical ideas on how we can listen to God. First one is this, and they're going to be really practical. Read the Bible. Amen? Read the Bible. I... I, I think God could could maybe speak beyond just the written words of Scripture, but let's start with reading the, the, the centrality of Scripture in our tradition is one of the most important things. That we would actually read Scripture and understand that if God says something to us, it won't contradict the Bible. Read Scripture. If you've never done it before, just start with one of the Gospels in the New Testament. Read a few verses a day. Don't don't be overwhelmed by this, but begin to read Scripture. In that same chapter, chapter 6 of The Pursuit of God, Tozer says this. I think a new world will, will arise out of the religious mists when we approach our Bible with the idea that it is not only a book which was once spoken, but a book which is now speaking. The prophets habitually said, Thus saith the Lord. They meant their hearers to understand that God, God's speaking is in the continuous present. We may use the past tense properly to indicate that at a time, a certain time, a certain word of God was spoken, but a word of God once spoken continues to be spoken, as a child once born continues to be alive, or a world once created continues to exist. And those are but imperfect illustrations, for children die and worlds burn out, but the word of God endureth forever, forever. Read the Bible. Understand what God, that's why we're doing this year-long wayfinding series. We want to see what God's redemptive story is all about so that when I hear from God, when God is nudging or saying something to me, I can understand whether or not it fits within the narrative of what God is all about. Read the Bible. Number two, listen to the Spirit. Listen to the Spirit. Understand God's narrative, and the next thing is listen to the Holy Spirit. If you look at Scripture, some of the words in the Holy Spirit, by the way, for for those of you who are new to the whole Jesus deal, the Christian deal, when you choose to follow Jesus Christ, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, understanding that he died for your sins, when you turn from your sins, put your faith in him, trust him, follow him, choose Jesus as leader, God comes to live inside of you. Yeah, it gets a little mystical here, right? God comes to live inside of you, and that's just fine. That's called the Holy Spirit, the presence of God in us. And in Scripture, some of the ways that we hear what the Holy Spirit does in us is this. The Holy Spirit guides. The Holy Spirit counsels. The Holy Spirit convicts. The Holy Spirit teaches us. God is present and alive in anyone who chooses to follow Jesus Christ. And we need to be sensitive to that. Ephesians 5 says, Don't be drunk with wine, but be what? Filled with the Spirit. Which is in the tense of this continuous, ongoing choosing to let the presence of God be the thing that actually leads and speaks through me. Listen to the Spirit. Third one is this. Read the Bible. Listen to the Spirit. Third, continually pray. Continually pray. Prayer in its most simple definition is listening and talking to God. Listening and talking to God. How many of you are good at talking to God? It's an awkward question in church, right? <laughs> but some of it, you know, some of sort of, my, my wife to- tells me about one of her running partners who, they'll be running along talking about life and something will come up that needs prayer and this running partner literally as they're running along just starts praying to God. Some of us just get it, this idea of talking to God. The majority of us struggle with the other side of it, which is listening. Listening to God. This sometimes prayer should be you sitting there, not saying something to God, but listening, believing that God could actually and might actually and would say something to you. I love that passage in Philippians 4. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. God wants to talk to you, friends. God wants to talk to you. And God wants you to talk to him. But to begin this journey where your relationship with God is understanding that there is a loving God who actually wants to converse and hear from you. Read the Bible, listen to the Holy Spirit, continually pray. Fourth one is this, we talked about it a little bit. Be present. If you look through Scripture, it's it's when somebody is finally fully present to the reality that God is there and God might want to speak, that they actually hear from God. Look for God to reveal himself through circumstances, through open doors, through closed doors, Be present to God working in your life, to God working in the world around you. Fifth one is this. Expect God to guide you through others. So read the Bible, listen to the Holy Spirit, pray, be present. And the last one, expect God to guide you through others. God will use many people in your life. God will use friends and family members maybe even pastors at time. your small group, listen to others around you. At the same time, evaluate what others are saying in light of Scripture, right? Listen to the voice of others in your life, because often, I, I, I strongly believe that that is often how God speaks to us. Some of the, the most profound ways that I have encountered the voice of God have been some of the most spiritual people in my life giving me insight. But always understand it in light of Scripture. For Samuel 3.10 The Lord came and called out as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, Speak, your servant is listening. I pray. I really do. I think some, one of the most profound and simple ways that we are hardwired is to hear from the living God, to commune with the living God, and that we would believe and that we would be open and that we would be present, that we would be attentive to God actually speaking to us. And then, like Samuel, when God speaks, that we would act. Let's pray. Father, we. We want to be a community. We want to be individuals, who hear Your voice, God. And Lord, for me, I, I believe it's, it's. It's not just because we think You are alive, which we do. But it's because we believe that You're up to something. In our lives and in the world around us, we believe you are a redemptive, reconciling God, doing a work in us, doing a work in our families, doing a work in our city, our community. And to join you in that work, we need to be sensitive and attentive to your voice. Speak, Lord. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen. Friends, as you leave, we encourage you, as I said before, if God is leading you to, to give towards Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge, can we say thank you to them one more time? Please rise as I pray us out. God, send us to be your hands and your feet, and at times, your voice, all to your glory. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace.